Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi folks, it's David here, just asking you for a wee favour. If you don't mind, could you follow us on Apple Podcasts, Android or Spotify, wherever you listen to the show? It's a huge help for us. They might ask you if you want to leave a review. If you could leave a nice one, we'd be very, very grateful. Thank you. Hello everyone and welcome to Heart and Hand and Angels podcast. My name is David Edgar and I am your host as always. Joining me this week to discuss three points in Paisley and also look ahead to what is suddenly seeming like it might be an exciting end to the transfer window is Ross Hutton. Hello there, Ross. Hi, David. Hi, everyone. Yeah, it's, it's good to talk to you after a win because that seems like a change for you and I doing these flagships uh, recently. Yeah. But I know it's good to be here. Thank you. You've sort of entered that Martin territory of getting killed <laughs> when, when we drop points or or, or get beat. But uh, it hasn't seemed likely, I have to say, under Big Phil since he came in. And and I just want to start, Stuart. You were, you were at the game at the weekend and the atmosphere is always good with the away fans, the, the, I think. Most people would agree that our away fans are uh, famous for creating an excellent atmosphere at the matches that they go to. Uh, same again on, on Wednesday night when we played Hibs. So the away fans are, are slightly different to a home crowd. And I think, again, people would agree that our home crowd can be a bit quiet in run-of-the-mill games. But the reaction to the game at the weekend is maybe where I'll start, which is Rangers were not sexy. We were not exciting. The manager said before it, don't be looking for us to, to be sexy today. It's not possible on that pitch um, with these weather conditions. And we weren't, but we got the job done and we got the three points and we got up the road. And I think, unarguably, we were more fun to watch on the Wednesday night. But the reaction to that usually among fans over the last couple of seasons has been to I think mostly go, I well we won, but and I didn't really see that at the weekend, Ross. I actually saw people saying, 
oh, tough game. And we got the three points. That was all that mattered today. You know, I know we'll be better. We've got four games coming up at Ibrox. And it, it struck me as this is maybe the beginning, and we are very much at the early stages of it, of the support beginning to trust the team again. And if maybe not quite all there with the team just yet, certainly they trust the manager. Trust is exactly the word that I was about to use there as well. I was at the game on Wednesday at Easter Road too, and I think going into that game there was definitely a lot of nerves. Maybe he didn't get particularly going into the game Paisley, but coming back from the winter break, the first hurdle has been the hardest to clear for this side over the years. Um, it started badly and gone down from there on a number of years. <laughs> yeah, um, and every, every time you, you thought you'd hit a new depth and a new low coming back from a winter break, they seemed to surprise you with more, but... To come back in the fashion that we did um, and play the way that we did at Easter Road, which wasn't a, a scintillating all-round performance, let's not rewrite history, but it was a good, controlled, measured performance. We were clinical and took our chances and got a comfortable win. We were absolutely begging for that. We were taking it any way that it came, but we were begging for it. And it's performances like that that do build up the trust that carries you into games like Saturday and Paisley, where, you know, it's an early kickoff on the Saturday and, and the fans were good for what that was. And I thought the Union Bears display was brilliant as well for the teams coming out. But it's never the most attractive of fixtures. It's not as attractive as, as an Easter Road game, for example. And it's never a, a location or a stadium or a fixture that Rangers seem to particularly play well in. Either it's been kind of joked about before that I can't remember how many times we went to Paisley and never had a completely scintillating performance that we'd like to see. St Martin themselves having a very good season, um, a few difficult results of late, but still in a very good place. So you know you're you're in for a tough game. The conditions and the pitch play into that as well, and they were a massive factor on Saturday. And in that note, I think the manager hit the nail on the head when after the game when he said that was not a a time and a place for fancy footballers wanting to show how good that they were individually. It was a time and a place for winners to stand up and be counted and just get out of there. And that that's exactly what the team did. And the longer you can do that, because performances will come, and I think we're securing that as well, but the longer you can do that, we can go to those tough, difficult away grounds and just get in, get out and get through with the three points. You do uh, earn that trust back from the support and you do earn that that benefit, the doubt and the leeway that if, if the performance isn't there, then it will probably come back and you'll be able to display that at a future time. But Saturday was always about just getting through with the three points because it's a real banana skin fixture. Um, St Mirren will have looked at it as a decent opportunity in those conditions to try and get at Rangers as well. So it was a really, really pleasing, uh, not a pleasing performance per se, but it was a pleasing display in a different way than what you'd usually traditionally say that for. Because we've watched Rangers teams play well before and not get the points, but we would all absolutely pick that manner of uh, that manner of winning that outcome every single day of the week. Yeah, and it, it's been a while since we've been involved in a, a genuine title race. And by that, what I mean is both sides are capable of dropping the odd point here or there. I don't think either Rangers or Celtic will drop a lot of points, but we will drop some. And I think that's that's just being honest. But so will they um, over the next wee while. So there will be twists and turns and ups and downs because generally speaking, it hasn't been like that for a number of seasons now. And victories like, like Saturdays are absolutely vital in that they're the games that see once they're finished you probably won't look back on with much fondness but at the end of the season when you're maybe going through the league when you go oh, that was a big one that was a crucial one and it, it felt that way at the weekend Rangers going into it now the manager 
picked a, a kind of different looking lineup at the weekend, Ross. And into that side came Scott Wright, into the side came Dujon Sterling playing on the left, which we'd kind of seen um, experimented with during the winter break in the friendlies, but hadn't been brought out competitively. First half, I must say, I, I don't think it really worked. Um, I don't think that we got control of the middle of the park. And St Mirren, who actually played well, in all fairness to them, I think they might have surprised us slightly because they came out more. Maybe the earliest goal did did change them, but it doesn't generally change sides in Scotland if they go a goal down to Rangers. They tend to stick to their game plan and think, right, well, that doesn't really matter. We'll, we'll hang on in there, see if we can get an equaliser. But they came out and they played a bit and they, they made a, a few... Decent to good chances. Jack Butland's made a couple of saves and given his very high standards, you would expect him to make them. But still, uh, Quan, the, the, their own loan player, had a very good opportunity that he skied over the bar. And to the manager's credit, he made those changes at half time, and I thought second half we were a lot better. Yeah, I fully agree. I think when you go to a ground like St Mirren and you know you're going to be in for a tough time, you need to have that level of solidity at the back and you get that in abundance obviously with with Jack Butland, but again I thought the whole defence handled that game reasonably well and the main John Suter towards the end of the game had an absolutely colossal block too, but in, in that first half, again, you want to give St Mirren credit as well because you're right, teams like that don't usually come out and and really get in our faces in the way that they did in that first half. And it did cause us a whole host of problems. But at the other end, that's why you need to be clinical when you do create your chances. Because in a game like that, where the conditions weren't fantastic, and both managers spoke about it afterwards, chances are at a premium. And that's where you do need to be be clinical. Again, so again I think the the functionality of, of the lineup, where you do have Sterling on the left-hand side, it didn't quite work out the way you'd want it to. Sterling, who I think is a, a fantastically versatile player, but maybe a concern there that he would grow into a, a jack-of-all-trades and a master of none. So I can see why you would try him there, and I've got no issue with the manager trying things, but it's maybe not one that I'd want to see going forward. But like I said, the manager trying things isn't something that I think we should really criticise him for it. I think Clement has earned the, the trust as well and the support to be able to, to do that. But the key thing is that when it isn't going his way, it didn't really work out in the first half. The key thing is that he changes it. And that's a bit of a novelty um, for our recent kind of managerial standards. We've used to in the past seen managers who, even if we could all see from space that the, the game plan wasn't working, they'd maybe let it drag on into the second half. But Clement is very proactive with his substitutions as well. If it's maybe not going the way that he wants or he thinks he can tweak something else going into the second half, he's very quick to make those changes, which really impresses me as well, David. And that's a really welcome change for managers that we've had recently. Yeah, I think... This game for me kind of encapsulated Scott Wright's Rangers career, which is every manager comes in, and and this is true, every manager who's come in has looked at Scott Wright and been really impressed with him. He's a good trainer and he gets opportunities when you may be thinking that he's on his way out. Um, But when he does get those opportunities, he doesn't really take them. And Saturday, I think, was another case in point of that, that he's such an intelligent player off the ball and if a manager gives him instructions about how he wants him to fit into the side and how we're going to look when we don't have the ball, he, he's great and he'll run all day for you. But he just doesn't contribute enough going forward. And that's that, that's a concern with Scott, right? I mean, he's been here for a good wee while now and he can maybe pick a handful of meaningful performances. I think he's given you most of them coming at Hamden, funnily enough. 
But for any Rangers forward player, the main thing you're demanding of them is output in some way, shape or form, whether that be goals, whether that be assists, or whether that just be making a, a fundamental observable difference on the park. If he's dragging defenders and players out of position, or if he's taking up spaces that allows for the other forward players to kind of drift in and taking those defenders away, then fantastic. But He's not. He's not been doing that, and you don't want to write players off because there have been plenty of players in this current side, for example, that I think I've written off in the past that are maybe now showing some some signs of form. But there is a, a large body of evidence with Scott right now that he's just not doing the biz and not cutting the mustard when it matters because he's not a player that you can really bring into the side and rely on to give you that output. And we've spoken about that before on this site, David, about squad players and how in theory it's absolutely fantastic to have squad players, but sometimes when they actually do need to be used as part of that squad, you go, oh God, I don't really want to see them starting today. Scott Wright is maybe starting to fall into that bracket for a few people, myself included, to be honest, and that's an area of the park that you would be looking to actively upgrade because you can't just be relying on Ross McCausland as good as he's been since he came into the side or Scott Wright going into the tail end of the season. It's an area of the park that I do think requires a bit of a quality upgrade. And given some of the rumours that we've seen over the past couple of days, it does seem to, to kind of resonate with the manager as well because that does seem to be what we're looking at. Yeah, we'll definitely come to that. But uh, let's look to a man who's, who's certainly turning opinions, as you mentioned there, and that is uh, Cyril Dessels, who I have to admit there was a point in the season where I thought him and Lammers would go down as two of our worst ever signings, pound for pound. I really did, and I had given up on them. So I'll, I'll hold my hands up here and admit that. Um, I think I was right with Lammers, and I don't think I was alone in that opinion. Uh, and I think I might be wrong with Dessers. It's too early to say he's completely turned the corner, but he is doing better than maybe some people are willing to give him credit for because, obviously, once some people make their mind up, that's that. I'm I'm quite comfortable admitting when I get it wrong, especially when it turns it to be a pleasurable thing, which is someone scoring goals for Rangers. He's never going to be, I think, the most lovely player to watch. Ross, I, I think he's never ever going to be a, a player that is easy on the eye because he has a sort of scrappy style. Um, his control isn't always fantastic. His first touch isn't always fantastic. He can be a scruffy player, but at times he can also produce moments of real, real quality as he did against Hibs and as he did at the weekend. And we'd mentioned last week on the show against them Barton that he'd missed chances, but he does keep going. And he does seem to have an attitude where, okay, I'll bury the next one, which is essential in any striker, incidentally. You need to be able to say, right, okay, I'm going to take that from my memory banks. It doesn't matter. And move on towards the next one. It's a really lovely run and finish. Superb ball by John Lundstrom. Clearly a tactic Rangers were trying at the weekend. Clearly a tactic that Rangers have been trying a lot more since Philippe Clement came in, which is getting the ball forward quicker getting in behind, running on, getting to the byline, etc. All adds up, stuff we weren't doing. We were playing in front of teams under Michael Beale, um, which made us you know, much more predictable and, and frustrated the fans a bit more. But I think you're allowed to take the position that Dessers maybe still isn't anyone's idea of a first-choice number nine just yet. He's moving in that direction, but... You're allowed to say, yeah, he will contribute before the end, you know, continue to contribute before the end of the season, but we still need another striker. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply. And I think as well, you're allowed to change when the facts change in front of you. Anyone, anyone who consistently said throughout the first few months of Desser Spell as a Rangers player that he he was completely going to turn it around and going to be a major asset forward uh, for us going into the second half of the season, I don't believe him, to be honest. You get people out there who consistently did stick by him. Yeah, sure, I'll, I'll admit that. But anyone who could say for absolute certainty that he was going to start displaying a level of form and consistency that he has been over the past week, no, I'm, I'm not buying that. But we were all, I mean, I was harsh on Dessers as anybody in that first half of the season. He really, really frustrated me. And I think it's because when you looked at the, the clips of him before he came to Rangers and you looked at his record, you knew there was a player in there. But he was, in my mind, another victim of Michael Beale's horrendous transfer policy. He is now starting to turn it around. You even look at the statistics pre and uh, post Clement since he arrived. Completely different player, it seems like. And he's never going to be that that polished, finished article. So I'm learning to roll with the punches in that regard. I'm learning to understand that he might have a fantastic, brilliant moment in one minute where he might uh, beat a couple of defenders, slot at home and everyone's cheering his name. Then he might make you want to tear your hair out the next. I think that's just the kind of player that Dessers is. But if you're going to do the latter, you need to do the former. And to his credit, he is doing that. So I don't think it's unfair at all to say that he got very warranted criticism in the first half of the season. And it was it was harsh criticism as well. And I understand to be a Rangers number nine, you need to have a Teflon quality about you. But they are humans at the end of the day. And uh, to get the kind of stick that, that he did from all of us, um, as a collective, particularly at Ibrox, you think of the really difficult moments that he had there being substituted on and off. It's, it's very difficult on a human level to, to keep going and come back from that. So I think he completely deserves the acclaim that he got, particularly at the end of the game at Paisley, where he did go over to the fans and the players made a big point of making sure that he went over to the fans and we were all singing his name because there's nobody that wants him to succeed at Rangers more than we do. We no. want him to be scoring goals. We don't want to be booing him on and off the park and giving him stick. That, that's not what we are, we are there to do. 
so to speak. We want him to be scoring goals and helping us to, to be successful as a side. And if he can turn the corner on a consistent basis, and it's, it's too early to say, but if he can keep doing this consistently between now and the end of the season, then yeah, I'll, I'll hold my hands up and nobody will be happier for him than me. But we need to keep saying that more because we've had wee pockets and moments and purple patches from Dessers before and you think, right, OK, go kick on now and he's maybe reverted back to type. So we want to see it happen on a more regular basis, but over the past week, you really can't fault him too much. He's been exceptional. Yeah, I mean, he's he's produced when we've needed him to in this last week. But as you say, he has to keep it going. Otherwise, it is just a little flash. It's not anything more than that. But what I would say is he's given himself a chance of succeeding at, at Rangers when I, I don't think anybody really... Um, if we're being honest, if you were someone who was saying in December, start of December, that Dessers would come good, well done. I, I certainly didn't see it at all. And, and he became a noticeable thing as, as, as well, David. When the team came out on Saturday and Dessers was starting, I didn't know anyone that went, oh, for God's sake, Dessers is starting. The way he did get in the first half of the season, there was a general, all right, okay, yeah, he's, he's earned that, coming off the bench at Easter Road and getting his goal. So let's see how that goes. So he's maybe starting to personally as well as collectively in the team, but personally develop a wee bit of trust with the support, which is really good to see as well. Yeah. Now, you mentioned right at the start about this post-winter break lull that Rangers have, have entered into far too often. We start off with three away games, two of which, look, you know, no disrespect to Dumbarton, but Rangers should be. I know that it was horrendous conditions, but it doesn't matter. Rangers should always be overcoming Dumbarton and did so fairly easily. But two tricky away fixtures, popping up, which, as you say, had caused concern just based on scar tissue that we've had from recent seasons. Going out and getting those two victories in the manner that they did, in tough conditions, especially on Saturday, and two clean sheets, two victories, it it, it does add just a little bit of belief, maybe not only to us, but to the players as well, that if we just keep listening to this guy, keep doing what he wants us to do, then we are very much in a title race. And we now have a, a good run of fixtures. As we know, we've got four home games coming up at Ibrox. But this is, you know, if the four quarters of the league season, the kind of home and away. This is our kind spell. We had it before. We had it in quarter one, and it's the same in quarter three, where we have a good run of fixtures. We bollocks the first one badly. <laughs> I mean, you know, and, and that then made what Phil did in quarter two all the more impressive. But it's surely got to to make everyone at Ibrox think, here, hold on a minute here. If we get the points that we should be getting in this quarter, and then we've already shown what we can do going away from home in the in the final quarter, we could be in a very, very decent position come the split. A consistency, 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 and that's what this run allows you to get, momentum and consistency. And you're right as well, we had that opportunity right at the start of the season, take away the, the old firm from that, but every other game bar the old firm seemed kind enough. You should be going to rugby park and, and winning Even them. at that, the old firm was yeah. at home. You yeah, know, and, so, and, and, I mean, it, it still fitted in with, with this is a good run of fixtures. Yeah. Um, but but you're right, we made an absolute horlicks of it in the, in the first quarter of the season, which allowed Celtic to gain momentum themselves. And, and at one point, look as though that they completely buried us in this title race. Celtic themselves have a, a tough run of games coming up, so all we can do, that that's out with our control, all we can do is our end of the bargain and fulfil that by beating these teams at home. And it's a very winnable run of games, starting off with 
Livingston at the weekend, bottom of the league, struggling. I'm expecting more of a performance in that one, if I'm being Agreed. totally honest. I yeah. think you can absolutely understand going to Easter Road and, and then going to Paisley and just getting the points, however, which way they come. But I'm demanding a wee bit more going to Ibrooks over the weekend. Celtic have that tough run of fixtures, but all we can do is make sure that we actually capitalise on our kinder run of fixtures because that adds pressure as well. If they look over the other end of the city and they see us winning week in, week out and doing our end of the job, that puts a massive amount of pressure on them because Celtic have spoken before about how they feel that Rangers will capitulate in the second half of the season after a winter break and how that allows them to play their game and really feel confident that they're going to run away with the league title. We cannot let them do that again because we are very much in this now. We've dragged ourselves kicking and screaming back into a title race. So it would be an absolute travesty with this run of fixtures or at any point just to let it slip away from us from us there's really no excuse so if we if we build up this consistency and build up this momentum going into the next old firm and then subsequently the split after that we could put ourselves in a really really good place to go on and actually win this title from seemingly nowhere when Clement came in and he's joked before that he's, he's not a wizard but if he can go on and put us in a position to do that then he might just be yeah if he wins the title he has a wizard, um, there is something supernatural about him because we were, we were dead and buried. And, and as I've mentioned on here, feels like weekly, but it's true. No Rangers fan is out there saying this is the best squad we've ever had or this is an amazing squad. We know it's limited and then it's been further limited by injuries. And what he's managed to do, as you say, uh, you said we've dragged ourselves back kicking the shot. I think he has. Um, you know, it's, I, I think, in the way that I mentioned earlier, that, that Dessers have become emblematic of the Michael Beale. Rain. I think John Lundstrom is becoming emblematic of the, the Philip Clement reign, which is to say that his form has picked up dramatically. And it really, really has. And he's playing with an assurance and a level that that we know he's capable of because he has shown it before, but he hadn't shown for a long time. It's quite clear the manager adores him. Um, and, in, and I think that it's quite clear that he adores the manager. Whenever you see him speaking about the manager, he's he's you know positively gushing about it. But there are a few of them that I think are enjoying having a simpler role. Redvan comes into this category as well and are displaying their best football since since he arrived at, at the club, really. He's playing like a leader, John Lundstrom. He really is playing like a leader. And a leader, again, as, as you've spoken about in particular, is not someone, bravery is not someone who just goes and clatters into every single person that they see, but a leader is, is standing up to be counted and being brave on the ball. And those two assists that John Lundstrom has got at the Road and then Paisley is bravery on the ball, trying to make something happen. And they're exquisite balls, pretty much carbon copies of one another for, for both of those goals. But absolutely exquisite balls. And where has that been for the past 18 months? And the player who I think is also emblematic of turning those opinions of the fans as well, because I think if you'd asked fans towards the end of Michael Beale's tenure, would you renew John Lundstrom's contract? I don't think you would have got much of an approval rating with that, but now it's almost, I think, nearly universal in terms of praise for John Lundstrom and willingness to renew his contract because he's become such a vital component of Luke Clement's side and you can tell the relationship there is absolutely fantastic yeah, it's obviously a player strong. that Clement, yeah. Clement loves and sometimes you do as a player just need that manager to come in and trust you and believe in you and give you that spark back because the spark wasn't there with John Lundstrom there was plenty of instances before where you did feel he could be offering more or he, he wasn't nearly playing to as high a level as we can see and well, I think we all understand that that run to Seville was a purple patch for many players. That is also now the bar that you've set yourself, so you're going to be judged against that. 
I'm not saying John Lundstrom's playing as, as well as the Thursday night John was during that run, but it's, he's damn close. Now, the performances that he's been putting in have been absolutely exceptional. My man of the match at Easter Road by an absolute country mile. So, really, really positive to see from a player who I didn't think we were going to get much more from him. Again, you only hope in this run into the end of the season now that he does continue that forward because if, if we lose him to, to injury or anything like that, God forbid, then we are going to be in a real, real hole because he's providing so much to the side now. But those leadership qualities, being a senior player, he's really stepping up to be counted in a really satisfying way now. Yeah, and he became the first Rangers player in about 23 years to have an injury and come back a couple of games later. So, <laughs> um, so you know, that, that, that deserves comment as well. Generally speaking, when they go off, that's him for months. But uh, he was back within a couple of matches. Just before we move on to the transfer rumours, and it looks as though we are going to be adding to our squad, let me just plug our show in London on Thursday, March the 21st this year. We will be at the Leicester Square Theatre with special guest Paul Gascoigne. And if you want to come along, we're at the last few tickets. So please go and get them now. Just go to the Leicester Square Theatre's website and you'll be able to pick up tickets. I'll also put that link in the show description today. It's going to be an incredible evening, heart of London's West End with Paul Gascoigne. So if you are down south uh, or if if you fancy a wee break, see a see a show, um, actually a West End show in our case, but you could also see other ones. I believe that there's some of those musical things that some people seem to find popular run in that area as well. Are you a, a Hamilton man, Ross? Big Hamilton man, actually. Of course, um, you know this about me. Of course, I'm. I'm actually. I'm going to see Carmen at the end of February, which I'm really looking forward to. Not in London, right enough, but I'm looking forward to it. I've I've never musical theatre. No, just just no. Uh, I've never yeah, really, there'll be no singing at our, our show I can assure you of that um, plays no bother at all don't have a problem with that but you know we're, we're here to talk about the French Revolution and there's a bloke starting singing on top of a paper Eiffel Tower <laughs> uh, it's no, no for me not not for me whatsoever but uh, you know hey mate if, if Andrew Lloyd Webber does it for you uh, you know that what, Evita what was all that about yeah, no. Hey, she was a she was the wife was of a strange. fascist dictator. Let's let's do a musical about her. Oh, make her. She's lovely. You know, if you were in an Argentinian jail cell with electrodes strapped to your testicles, and I don't think you might have found it. But anyway, anyway, let's let's move on to happier thoughts, and that is uh, incoming players, which we all love. Now, already Rangers have added Fabio Silva on loan at the end of the season. We've added Mohamed Diamandi, which uh, a permanent deal and for quite a lot of money, which I think came as a shock to me and I'm sure it came as a shock to a few years as well. Um, manager strengthening the midfield area there and we have been strongly linked at the time of recording with two young South Americans, uh, the fullback Shefty from, well, currently at Apoel Nicosia on loan but he plays for Fluminense, that's his parent club, has been linked. If he arrives, you would imagine that would mean Ridvan would head back to Turkey to, to Galatasaray Rangers having turned down a bid from then holding out for more money. And the other one that has been linked is a young right winger, um, a, a Colombian right winger, Oscar Cortez, a Colombian who does knee slides. Hmm. We've got some history in that, Ross. Uh, what is interesting to me about these signings, first of all, positionally, I absolutely get Rangers are also hoping to add a striker before the before the window shuts later in the week. We do need, we've just mentioned earlier, the reason why we need competition for right wing. Ross McCausland has done well, but you want an option in there. 
I think though left back is kind of surprised because regardless of your thoughts on Borna, he is there, and Yilmaz has been showing some some excellent form. He's clearly his best form since he since he arrived, but he is a sellable asset in a squad that doesn't have an awful lot of them, and he also seems to be a sellable asset that the manager thinks he can replace quite straightforwardly to generate funds to do Diamandi and possibly a striker. I suppose it might be a case of saying. In a perfect world, I'd keep him, but it ain't a perfect world, and we've got to we've got to work around this. It's truly the most Rangers thing in the world, though, David, isn't it? But a month ago, if you'd said I were going to sell Redvan to fund a couple of transfers, you go right, okay, fair enough. But now he's been absolutely fantastic for that month, and you're okay. like, oh, really, really, don't want to do this. Um, but again, that's the, that's the thing with saleable assets; we can't have our, our cake and eat it. Unfortunately, that is the market that we operate in, and if the manager does view Ridvan as expendable in that sense and I think it's pretty clear that it does then it, it does it does compute and it, it does make sense as much as I would be quite gutted to, to lose him I think he's a very talented player I think he's shown that recently and he's shown what he can offer to Rangers and disappointingly I think this is the Ridvan we thought we were getting from the start young guy moving away from Turkey as well so it's always going to be difficult for him but I think this is the player we thought we were getting originally so it's kind of gutting to lose that just as he's starting to come on to a game but if that does fund uh, a strengthening in other key areas of the park, like the midfield, and it is a key area of the park, I like like the right wing position, like we've mentioned before, that's another key area of the park, and we're all crying out for a striker then, of course that does make sense. Diamandi's a player that I'm really excited about as well, the The Right to Dream Academy that he's came through is a fantastic success story for them. Um, lifting children in, in Africa and impoverished areas out of poverty. It's a great vehicle for social mobility, both academically and in football. And they've got a real strong pedigree of developing these young players coming through. So you've got a really, really good background, a really interesting skill set from what I read. So I'm excited to see him. The two younger players are, have kind of came out of nowhere, but that's credit to Rangers. As much as we all love a good meaty transfer, rumour to keep us going throughout the month, I do like the, the way we do our business when it does come out of nowhere and that is a bit of a shock because it means we're doing things the right way. They're players that, I'll be totally honest, they've not been on my radar, they're not familiar with, but that's what that's the job that Coppin is in there to do. He's in there to bring that level of expertise and outside knowledge, but the profile of the players, include Diamandi in that, it's yeah, very exciting. I think we've been crying out as, as fans, David, for, for years now this to is expand what, our horizons, and we're finally doing it, so that's really good to see. This is what interests me. Three players aged 20, 20, 21. Market South America, Sweden, that we, or Scandinavia in general, that we haven't done enough of. We have tended to go for the straightforward option of English lower leagues or players that managers have known. And I think that the fans have got frustrated by seeing players come in to Scotland or lower leagues in England. And you're thinking, why are we not in these productive markets when, with all due respect, some of the markets we've been in haven't proved to be that productive and are expensive, let's not forget. If you're taking a player from the English Championship, his wage will be hefty um, because there is money in that league. So I, I think that there's a definite change of emphasis here we'd mentioned before about the Rangers trading model, Rangers spoke a lot about the trading model without actively putting it in Wilson I think didn't didn't do that at all, played at it and that's left us in this situation at the moment where the trading model has juddered to a halt, there aren't a lot of sellable assets in that side 
And I think that the clubs that we apparently benchmarked ourselves against, Porto and, and Dortmund and the likes, yeah, again, it's fine to talk in those terms. It's exciting to talk in those terms, but you need to actually put your, your money where your mouth is in that sense and sign the kind of players that will keep the ball rolling on the, on the trading club model. So it's finally, finally, at least on paper, looking like we're starting to take that seriously because there is no reason why we should have limited ourselves to players that the manager knew or indeed English lower league players. There is a big, bad, wider world out there of fantastic footballers that we just weren't tapping into for some reason. I think the last really kind of off-the-wall one in terms of a kind of Scandinavian signing that really worked or a player coming from a, a kind of country out that way would have been Morello, so to speak. So it proves that there is a, a market out there that's very, very fruitful for Rangers should we look at it. And again, you have to give Coppin credit and, and Clement credit as well, because these are two people who have been about Europe, have a, acquired a level of expertise in players throughout that time, and are now bringing it to the table at Rangers. So it's not a mundane, boring signing that, that you've watched on Sky Sports at 12 o'clock on a Saturday because they've been playing for Sheffield United, for example. This is a much greater uh, diversity of player, and that can only be a good thing for us. And it's really positive to see us expand into that profile of player because as fans, that's what we want. We want to be excited by these young players. We want to try something a wee bit different to try and bring us success because let's be honest, the old methods haven't worked. Didn't work, this yeah. De- definitely something new and definitely something a lot more exciting for us, I think. I just think, you know, Niels Coffin, we can't judge on this window because... Time will prove. You're allowed to be excited about new signings, by the way. Uh, I do hate this kind of thrown modern thing of saying, well, we were excited in the summer and they turned out to be shite. Yeah, it doesn't mean you're always allowed to be excited by new signings, especially there's something I think sexy about young South American players coming in where you're allowed to project onto them. If they don't work out, they won't work out, right? But being excited right now isn't going to affect that. But take some joy in following your football club. That's the whole point of this. And... We'll know in time whether or not he's a success. At the end of the day, we don't expect every signing to be a success. But with Rangers, I think that there's been far too many that either weren't a success or were at best passable, that maybe washed their face a bit rather than actually achieve much. So I think that time will tell. But what I do feel with the, the manager, certainly, being involved in it, and again, not picking the players directly, I think we've learned our lesson there, but being involved in the discussion and being involved in the decision is that we at least can rest easy, Ross, that we've got a professional in there. 100%. I think the key thing to remember there as well is if we sign a couple of these players in this window and say one or two don't work out, you don't bin the model after that. You don't bin the player profile after that. You can pin individual things on individuals. That That's not a a good enough body of evidence to say, okay, that player profile is rubbish and we need to rip it up and start again. So we do need to kind of bear with it. It is a a new management team, and I'm talking about Clement and Coppin in that sphere. They are trying to find their feet in this market as well. Both of their first windows at Rangers, so we need to give them time. And it comes back to that word again, trust David. We need to give them the benefit of the doubt because neither of them have given us any reason to not trust them so far. And I think Clement's transfer record that his other club seems to be being quite positive. So even if he's not the one picking the players directly, he knows the kind of players inside out that he wants in his system and he'll have a huge say over that as well. So 
we do need to trust them a wee bit here and as I say it's early days for this new style of recruiting for Rangers and this new model that we do seem to be going for so we do need to let it breathe and as fans maybe not and I include myself in this not have the somewhat hysterical reaction that, that we've had before and, and let them try and do their job and trust them to do that. Yeah absolutely but uh, any are you I would be slightly surprised and happily you know, pleasantly surprised, and that's something I think Rangers haven't done enough over the last few years is pleasantly surprise the fans. If we were to end up with four in this week, including a striker, four in total, and I'm including Silva in that, but four for the window, including a striker, I think I'd have to say I'd be relatively happy with that. Obviously, then it comes down to whether or not the ones that have come in are any good. I accept that, but I, I maybe didn't see this at the start of the window. I saw the need, but I don't know if I saw a sign in this many this many players this window because let's face it we are still trying to unpick the damage that was done in the summer we have seen Lammers is away on loan Cifuentes has clearly been made available for transfer as well probably leaving this week so there is damage to be undone but at least we seem to be in the mood to go and undo it we're being proactive we're being very very proactive which is not something that you could have said about Rangers and previous transfer windows and, and I agree that we can judge the quality of players when that time comes but all we can do now is judge the quantity that we're getting in through the door and that's been very very impressive you and I spoke after the defeat at Parkhead and I said that I still felt very positive about the place that we were in under Clermont but this title will be won and lost in the main in this transfer window it will go a large large part to deciding who comes out on top um, in May. I think we all felt at the time that Clement was taking us in the right direction, but you need to back the manager. And how many times have we said that in the past or felt like that in the past? And okay, it's been a, a false dawn, but you've not felt that the manager has been backed. If you think back to the summer transfer window um, after we reached the Europa League final, we got to that last day and we hadn't really signed anyone. And, you know, Ibrox was about to be raised to the ground. After that, because we felt as though the manager hadn't been back, we hadn't got the bodies in the door. That's not the case. Right now, they have backed their man. They have backed the manager who deserves that back and has earned that trust to be backed as well. So you need to give credit where it's due there. We'll judge the quality of that when it comes. But given the given what Clement has given us to, to judge off of so far, we do trust his judgment. So if he's been involved in the selecting of these players, you can only hope that they do fit into his system. And if they are the quality of players that we hope, that will go a long, long way to helping us in this running because it's a huge, huge part of the, the game now, these January transfer windows. Our titles can be won and lost with additions and bodies you get in through the door. So the fact that we are backing the manager with so many bodies that, that obviously he's been demanding is a hugely, hugely positive sign about Rangers actually being proactive in a transfer window for a change. Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely vital that we do give him the the tools. I think we accept that we probably can't give him all the tools he needs this this particular window but we can make a start on it and make a start on it so we can look ahead in the summer and you'll have slightly less to do hopeful hopefully then right then folks that will do us for this week on the heart and hand flagship free show just uh, another reminder if you don't mind if you can follow us on apple or spotify however you choose to listen to your podcast and if you get the opportunity leave a review it would be very much appreciated it helps us out a great deal my thanks to our executive producers in london mike lee and paul myers my thanks to my guest today ross hutton Thank you very much, David. I'll go and watch Hairspray or something like that now to pass the time on this Monday evening, but thank you very much for having me on. 
That's literally the worst film I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's horrendous. Uh, it's horrendous. Uh, uh, my uh, my ex wife one day because I'd gone out and got absolutely bladdered a real kind of three dayer from the Thursday night through to the Sunday morning to make it up to her. I said, "Tell you what, we'll do anything you want this evening." And she picked, "Let's go and see Hairspray," the movie. And if I can refer the honourable gentleman back to my previous point about musical theatre, uh, then then I think you'll understand why. But no, it just, just leaves me cold. I'll, I'll be honest there. It's not really my thing, you know. Folk dancing and singing, no, no. No. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, on that on that rather kind of dull note, uh, just thanks to all of you for listening. Remember, you'll get much more in-depth coverage over at Heart and Hand on Patreon. That's patreon.com forward slash heart and hand. Thank you very much for listening. We'll be back here next week. Until then, let's enjoy what hopefully will be an exciting window. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. <laughs>